biblical surfers. So today we're going to be doing chapter 13 and 14 where Moses helps the Israelites cross the Red Sea. And God does his fabulous miracles to part ways of the sea so they can cross safely. Um, so we're going to continue on with the story from Passover. Hi, Mark. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Great. So new, no new cat stories today? No. They're kind of just sleeping right now. They're uh, we got one right here, uh, sleeping. Yeah, Peanuts sleeping right there to my right. Oh. Well, that probably he probably doesn't even know that he's famous on YouTube, capturing every moment of his first kill. Hey, there yeah. you go. Maybe he's got that firstborn, first kill kind of thing. He killed a uh, bird the other day. But, I saw uh, that one. We, well, no, no, yeah, it hasn't been uploaded. A new one. Oh, a new bird. One, yeah, yeah. It, take, it might take a while for us to see it on YouTube. You haven't done any videos on your other channel lately. What's going on? I did one uh, yesterday. I put one up. <gasps> so I have one to watch later. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm just busy. Uh, you know, I'm really behind in those videos because I'm studying full time and, you know, uh, and you're doing you know, this too. It takes a long time to make those videos. Well, I do <clears> love <throat> it. I'm addicted to them. Right. Well, wait. yeah, I do sometimes question the worth of the whole th thing. You know what I mean? But, uh, I guess it's part of, you know, part it's kind of my own story as well because the, the new one was about a certain rock band that i it was it was my favorite rock band when i was a teenager and i've been to their concerts many times like five times probably and uh now i'm you know understanding the whole idolatry aspect of it these rock yeah. stars are like gods they're like gods like the gods of egypt you know what i mean they are and i mean anyone who exposes especially the musicians in their concerts I love watching those because they need to be exposed. You know, like that's the like the mass worship as if you can get one. You know, like everyone that's yeah. see that spends millions of dollars, billions, giving them money on for to go to these witchcraft. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're like all demonic shows. They are, yeah. They're. Yeah. I mean, when did you realize that? Like, I kind of almost just recently realized, like, a rock concert is like a religious service. Yeah. You know, but yep. I mean, some people may have known that back in the eighties when I was doing all that stuff, and uh, I did it I later in the nineties. And yeah, I, you know, I had a Christian friend of mine. He, uh, we went to a Motley Crue concert. This is like twenty years ago. Three of us. I, I worked with these guys and one guy was kind of recently converting to Christianity, but he went with us to this concert. He got up and left like after the third song, Oh wow. he just got up and left and he said, I can't be here. And he just got up and left the concert. Well, that's good that he recognized <laughs> that though. He did. Yeah. Good. But I finally felt that way later on. I didn't actually leave, but the last concert yeah. I ever went to was, uh, I just felt that way. I was like, I don't want to be here. You know? Yeah. Same thing. So, it's an well, exodus. It's an thing. exodus. From the rock concert. Yeah. It's an yeah. exodus. That's what it was. Yeah, actually, we're like, we're in it. So, yeah, deliverance is what we all yeah. need, you know, in our modern day. Getting out of Babylon. Yeah. yeah. So, in many ways, it's my own story of growing up as a pagan. Right? Yeah. Basically, essentially. You know, slave. all the symbolism, too, like what you see in all their logos and media, everything, all their symbolism. I would not have known that, like, 10 years ago. All what all represented, you know, and they were constantly yeah. bombarded with that all the time. And we even repeat some of the symbols. But they're now even in clothing. So, like, if you didn't know, mm. this is all false god worship, pagan stuff. 
you would be wearing clothing with the all-seeing eye and all this other stuff that they put in clothing now. If I didn't know, I would be wearing the same thing, you know. So I think it's good that people like you, you know, you got your niche. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this culture. It's the culture we all live in. So I guess we do need to kind of expose it for what it yeah. is, and um, you know, it is time consuming, though. That's for sure. Get out of get out of Babylon and uh, enter into a covenant with God, something like that, right? Yeah, kind of what we're reading about here. So it it, it yeah. is all relevant. What we're what we're reading here is pretty relevant to us. Um, yeah, it it's all relevant. The entire Bible is relevant to yeah. us. I well, think, it's just uh, understanding like what actually happened, so we can apply it for ourselves. And it's and it's pointing to the future. It's pointing to Jesus, but Jesus, you know, the first coming is a past event for us now. But there's still future fulfillment to go in the future for us also. So it's pointing ahead. I yeah, think, the calendar. A lot of it. Think, you know, they changed the calendar BC, the Common Era and stuff. But what yeah, it meant was at Christ's birth, everything in the old um, from beginning of time, mm. from Genesis, pointed up to Christ's birth. Yeah. Everything after he died. Uh, Revelation points his to second coming, but okay, it's all yeah. he's like the middle, yeah. That makes sense, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty amazing how they did that, right? I mean, no one else they didn't change the calendar like that for they did change the calendar in other ways for various Roman emperors or something. Like, we, we use the Gregorian calendar, which is from a uh, King Gregory or something, right? Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because December deca means 10, no. November means nine, October is eight, but yet October is the 10th month instead of the eighth month. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so so the calendar doesn't really make sense the way we have it now. And, uh, and the calendar we just read about in Exodus probably began sometime around the spring equinox, right? Yeah, and, and that, that would be the, the first, first month. For them, yeah. Yeah, um, so the first month would be more like uh, March, middle of March, something, right. you know, March 21st might be the beginning of the year, really, the, the biblical year. I used to really be into this calendar idea, and then it, it got a little frustrating because there's some things that you can't really figure out. So but, uh, anyway. So, we'll explain later on. So Exodus, yeah, we're all kind of, uh, I do feel like I'm out in the wilderness a bit these days. <laughs> oh, we are for sure. I know, I have been. <laughs> it's been hard actually without you doing this with me i would be total wilderness all of it 100 percent in the dark but this right. is giving me a little hope all right so exodus 13 consecration of the firstborn then the lord spoke to moses saying sanctify unto me all the firstborn the firstborn of every womb among the children of israel both of man and of beast it is mine whose is it <laughs> god <laughs> Well, wow. Does consecrate mean sacrifice? No. Okay. So they're not practicing ch child sacrifice. No, no, no. I've they seen people make that claim based on this verse or other verses like it, but it's false. It's a false claim. We just need to be aware of the false yeah, claims. Yeah, because that, that now so would can... make it sound like the God of Moloch where they were sacrificing children, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, which, which might be a kind of a satanic version of this because oh, yeah. uh, Right. Consecrate means to sanctify, to to dedicate, really, right? To dedicate, because yeah. it's God's. God is saying the firstborn animal, the firstborn child is mine. Spiritually, spiritually. The world is his. Yeah. But it doesn't mean sacrifice. But uh, I just wonder if, um, I mean, there, there must be some reason these 
Satanists actually sacrifice children, you know what I mean, to to placate their gods. It's pretty, uh, they don't, somehow they don't see the evil in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, which always surprises me that they're willing to kill even the smallest, most innocent. I guess that's I mean, the point How can you get yeah. any worse, most defenseless thing in there just... Well, that's what their gods demand. See, their gods demand yeah. that. Their, their fallen um, angel gods demand that, and people go along with it. They'll pay any price to... Uh, well, I guess because they fear the that god more than the real god. To be in covenant with their fallen angel gods, they'll yeah. take the mark of the beast. So here's the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. It couldn't get any more clearer. Again, again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just went through, chapter 12 is all about this, and if you weren't quite sure about it. <clears throat> <laughs> this is it. So isn't this technically his first festival, very first feast? Well, um, there was the thing a is, of that. remember that the, the book itself wasn't written at the time they're they're doing this, right? It was written after, sometime afterwards. And the yeah. original audience was not the, was uh, people who didn't even live in Egypt ever. Right. So, um, so let's just see what this says, and then we can comment on it, I guess. Moses said to the people, so he, so Moses is saying, so this is an account of Moses talking to the people who are just about to leave e Egypt. So he's telling them, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place, nothing leavened shall be eaten. Okay, so he's explaining to them, we're going to, you know, remember this event. That's The event is happening now for them at the present moment, and he's saying, you know, remember this. On this day, you're going out in the month of Aviv. So there's the name of the month, oh. the first month, Aviv, which... Uh, Do we know what that is? Yeah, well, later on, they called it Nisan. In the Old Testament, it's, um, or in the Pentateuch especially, it's Aviv. It's what they call Nisan now, which so is the first month. first month. It's like, yeah, March, April for us, uh, for us Goyim. But... <laughs> Yeah, the, do the Jewish have a particular month when that starts? Yeah, it's called Nisan. Nisan. I believe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but here it's called Aviv, yeah. the month of Aviv. Uh, it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this ceremony in this month, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord, like a Sabbath. Unleavened yeah. bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall be no leavened bread seen among you, nor shall there be leaven seen among you in all your borders. So it's pretty so clear. He's repeated that like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, so really the simple form of feast of unleavened bread is not to eat mm. leavened bread for seven days. Yeah, yeah, for seven days, yeah, to remember... Their yeah. sudden deport to remember that God uh, set them free from the yes. from, budget, from to remember what God did for them. Yeah. So and, if we uh, were to honor it, not that we have to. Well, yeah, I mean that's something you know. Yeah, I think even Paul says something like you know, uh, you know, festivals and all this stuff. Uh, it could be just depending on the person. For me personally, I think, well, am I minimizing Christ by observing these things? In, but in it the new, to Christ. My, it does. But he's so already come. He's already bread. Christ is here already. It's like Christ is the real thing. This is a typology of Christ. So we have Christ. We have the real thing, the real Passover lamb. 
communion. have the real Passover lamb. We do, but isn't this sort of a communion? Unleavened bread is really the sinless Christ, the body of Christ, sinless, because he said the bread represented my body, right? And why? Well, we do the communion. Yeah, the communion. Right. Commun isn't commun you know, the communion wafer, that's unleavened bread, isn't it? Yeah. The one yeah. I eat. Yeah. Well, I think they do it once a month at church. It's it's right. on maybe that's maybe that's what it is now. The unleavened bread is the communion. Well, yeah, communion is a little bit different than this actual feast, which they're supposed to keep. But Jesus, uh, the so the Last Supper was a Passover meal, right? It was. And um, but that's when he initiated the blood of the new yeah. covenant. This is okay. the blood of the new covenant. Yeah, you know? I guess so. I guess you could do it either way. Um, Eat this bread and drink this wine. Right. You could do it represents the Jesus. I, th I yeah. For me personally, where I'm at now, I used to do. I used to you know. Do this a little differently, but now um, I'm thinking more. You know, Christ has fulfilled this, and so I I also ob I observe the Passover through Christ, through yeah, faith I mean, in Christ. We're not really taught all to do any of this today, anyhow. How are we supposed I mean, to? Some people need to, you know, at, pray about it. You know, pray yeah. about it. That's what I, I would mean, tell I'm, people. I'm only saying only if you wanted to. Like it's not required. Maybe you only do it once. Or never. It doesn't really Maybe, matter. Yeah. And there's yeah. kind of similar ways to do this principle. Maybe there's, you know, unleavened, uh, it is used later on in the New Testament, yeast, the yeast of false teaching, the yeast of yeah. sin, all this stuff, right? So it is a bit, there's maybe other applications more than just the food you know, itself. What else is kind of interesting. The unleavened bread is really typically eaten as a normal meal in the Eastern part of the world. They don't use yeast at all. Ah, you mean like the uh, the little, the non bread and all that? Yeah, right, um, exactly. So Middle Eastern all the way to India and China, they don't use yeast all in their bread too much. I don't know about huh. China, but at least Indians have always grown up with flatbreads. Mexicans, same thing. They use their tortillas. But in Western America, the, that was my first time ever eating yeast bread, like bread. Americans usually don't eat unleavened bread they usually eat the yeast bread yeah yeah it, yeah i don't eat a lot of bread i'm on a low carb uh Me you know uh, galatians galatians 5 9 you don't have to go there it's a real short verse i'll read it a little leaven leavens the whole lump yeah <laughs> so, it's true so you know so they kind of use this leaven idea quite a bit um oh, oh okay here here's an answer to our question Oh, uh, 1 Corinthians 5 8. All right. This, go let's go. You better go there. Yeah. Um, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and we're going to and just go to the whole chapter and then we'll start down at 7. I'm just doing a quick word, word search right. um, on leaven. So we'll start there at 6. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Which he just said in Galatians as well. Same thing. Yeah. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So let us keep the festival, though. It says, let us keep the festival. So what does that right. mean? So doesn't that imply to keep the unleavened bread festival? Let us celebrate the festival. Let's see. what. Fe so he's saying you are born, reborn in Christ. However, uh, therefore, let's keep the festival. 
I think he's saying, let us keep the festival in a different way, in a different way. We're still observing. Like I just said, let's keep the festival through these different ways now. Well, the different ways here is really bread of sincerity and truth. So I guess. That's how we keep the festival. That's what I think it means. Yeah. Okay. The unleavened bread, the not literal bread, but unleavened bread of sincerity and truth is how we celebrate the festival now. Yeah. So as long as you're keeping God's command in His covenant with sincerity and truth, covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think at the at the Last Supper, that's where it changed from the old covenant to that's where He initiated the new covenant. I guess we should go there. New covenant, covenant. But it seems like he's meaning that our spirit is what needs to be unleavened. Okay, a couple more verses. Uh, you know, G- Matthew sixteen six. You don't have to go there necessarily right now. But Jesus said to them, "Watch, watch, and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees." Right? He says that a few times. Meaning beware sin. of the leaven. The leaven really means sin and unleavened. And, false te- and maybe, sin. maybe. Well, but the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which are the kind of the religious yeah. establishment, the Jew, the Jews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they word. were practicing sin. It became uh, an institution to enslave people. Uh, one. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But they were not teaching people to sin necessarily. They were, they were. Uh, Teaching false, they were false teachers. Yeah, they were the, false the, teachers. The, beware of the false teaching of the Pharisees. You they know. were making them pay small animal sacrifices to get into the temple. Like they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. Much like the Catholicism, the Pope, where people pay to absolve their sins kind of thing. Yeah, the uh, I forget the word for that. Um, but spiritually, we are keeping this festival of unleavened bread. Yeah, us. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, it's kind of becomes, uh, we, we observe it through Christ who fulfilled right. it. And if we try to do it too literally, I think we kind of minimize what Christ has done um, to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Verse 8, you shall declare to your son on that day, saying, this is done because of what? Because of that which the Lord did for me when I came forth out of Egypt, right? So that's why we do all this stuff. That's yeah. the meaning of this holiday. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand, uh, a sign on the hand. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? And as a memorial yeah. on your forehead. Oh my goodness! This is in a- order that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with the strong hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt. I'll finish this. Uh, you shall therefore keep this ordinance at its, at its appointed time from year to year. Wow. So this verse actually is pointing to Satan's uh, twisted way of doing the same well, thing. Well, it's pointing to God's, yeah, God's, uh, God's, it's pointing to God's mark or God's. Uh, yeah, spiritual mark. Right, the, he said, this is chapter, this "Sign is to you on your hand, and there's a memorial on your forehead." <clears throat> now you know. Okay, remember that link I sent you. This is how Judaism interprets that verse. And there's, if you look on the very right, see that photo on the right. Underneath that, there's four verses, right under that, and th- those four verses say something very similar to what we just read. 
talks about a sign on the forehead and a yeah. you know and a mark on the hand or something. So the Jews interpret this very literally, and they literally put this box mm -hmm. on their head with the verses inside of it. Yeah. And if you look at the photos going down, and I think they, I think I don't think all of them do it, but um, and and there is evidence they did this in the first century. In fact, Jesus uh, they still do it. I think Jesus talked. This is in the New Testament. They talk about this. I've never seen this myself. Have you seen this? Yeah, in New York, uh, you know, there's a huge Jewish <laughs> community there. Wow, you actually—I've never seen this before. I just—I just, I just uh, came across this. But I do know they do this in Israel a lot. Wow! So they put it—they put this little box on their head and the thing yeah. on their arm. So it's a sign on their—it's a sign on their hand and yeah. a memorial between the eyes. And if you look at these other verses, which are, in fact, there's another one just like it in verse 16 in the same chapter. And then Deuteronomy um, says something similar. A sign, Deuteronomy says, a sign on your hand, and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. But there, it's not talking about literal box in your head. You, know, you don't have to go there. It's no. just a quick verse. Yeah, it's not. Um, but they took six, it to six, mean eight. that. But, yeah. but this cube thing? has been turned into a whole new religion and worship of that looks like that kabbalah the cube of allah kabbalah, yeah kabbalah and guess ah, what? the kabbalah the the cube can appear to be different shapes right hey right. uh because wow. saturn worship there's something going on in the saturn with the shape uh -huh. um so and then they put these little boxes like this cube right here as statues all over the world. Um, ah, that's what that is. Yeah, and yeah. then the uh, Islam has this Mecca where they circle around it, worshiping <laughs> something, right? So this cube idea um, has been transformed into, and a lot of the music videos even. Um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The whole theme on the cube thing. So I think in yeah. Saturn, it, like it resembles some sort of star that you can make it into a cube. So, wow. yeah, but so all this uh, satanic stuff, along with what God is doing, protecting, putting it, in, he's basically putting the law in their hearts, right? Uh, it's a spiritual mark. But then now that turned into the mark of the beast later on, what Satan's going to be doing. And all the people that are already following this black cube thing they're going to carry it all the way through because that's on their hand it's on their forehead so imagine that being something of that form is turning into a mark of the beast it could be because they've been worshiping it all this time yeah i mean i mean yeah there's definitely some kind of spiritual aspect uh, a sign on your hand and a memorial between your eyes and but what is what is it? If you go back to verse nine, it says it shall be as a sign. So what is it? Isn't that the the festival itself shall be as a sign? Right, a sign is like a symbol, right? right. So it doesn't say literally put these verses on your forehead. <laughs> no, <laughs> literally taking the verses of the Bible and putting them on their forehead. No, no, it's like this whole fest the festival of unleavened bread shall be symbolize what i did for you right it yeah. it shall be for you as a sign so they're literally putting it on so you know yeah because um, they don't know what god is 
telling them to do. Now, if you go to Matthew, Matthew, uh, Matthew 23, everything they do is done for people to see. See, that's what happens with, uh, and I'm not criticizing, criticizing the Jews. This could happen in Christianity as well, right? We, yeah. we tend to t- want to show everyone how righteous we are or something. Mm-hmm. You know, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries. That's what they call that thing in the head is a phylactery. That comes from the Greek word, which is very similar. Boxes um, containing scripture verses on their forehead and their arms. <laughs> yeah. I never knew about this until this yeah. week. Wow. They, they wear they make their phylacteries wide yeah. and the tassels on their garments long. Tassels are the zit seats that uh, they're commanded to put. After some guy broke the Sabbath, they're like, put these tassels on so you remember <laughs> to keep the commandments. Yeah. And there's people who still wear there's Christian, you know, the messianic uh and the Hebrew roots guys still keep the tassels. I've ne- I don't know if they do the phylactery, the cube no, on the I head. Think that but, would uh, be too strange for them, but they do keep the you know. And then, then you know who's the most spiritual, the most righteous is the guy with the longest tassels <laughs> and the biggest cube on their head. <laughs> um, but I am curious about how they would have done this in this paragraph here. Is it just saying? No, they, no, they didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. The Jews thought they're supposed to do it. No, no, no. I, I get. They're they not supposed to do it. Wrong, but yeah, yeah. How it's an oral the tradition. sign on their hand is because they're working with their hands? Or? Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? It probably means, um, yeah, it probably means their actions. Uh, like making the unleavened It shall be, so the, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial to you on your forehead. So like, yeah, their actions and their thoughts. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think so, because they, they had to do physical work to keep the Unleavened Festival for seven days. So that must be the hand part, right? Sign of your hands. Yeah, and maybe even just for all times. And, and, you know, these other verses talk about just the Torah in general should be a sign on their hand. Um, in fact, okay, let's go to Deuteronomy 6, which I think you just went to recently. Start at verse 4. Let's see. Hear, O Israel, Shema. This is actually an important verse. Uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, right? These are well-known verses. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, our hearts, written on our hearts. Impress them on your children. Okay, Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols so talk about them, right? These commandments. Talk, tie these commandments as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. So that's that's where they take a literal yeah. view, right? Write yeah. them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. They do that also. They also yeah. do that. So that is kind of telling. I them mean, to like it almost looks like he's telling them to do it right there, right? Yeah. Tie um, them as symbols. When you're, so yeah, I think he is telling them to do physical acts here. Don't you think? I don't know though. I don't think so. I personally don't believe. I think so, but it looks like it does, right? That's yeah. where you get different interpretations of how literal. Because, but it says tie them as symbols. So, yeah, they're putting this thing as a symbol on their head. But um, I think this could easily mean that to what he's already talking about spiritually. Tell your kids, yeah, tie them in your hands, and like as you work. And put them in your head. Look, look, look back at verse six. These commands 
that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. So, so do they literally put the commands on their hearts also? No. <laughs> they have to get in there. They have to, they have to put... They have to put the verses, they have to do open heart surgery, put the verses literally on their heart. If they're going to put them literally on their head, they also have to literally put them on their heart to be consistent, yeah. I think, right? I think no? he's trying to just tell us, that, like, <laughs> you got to teach your kids orally or whatever. You got to teach your kids. It says, impress them on your children, talk about them when you yeah. sit at home when you walk along the road when you lie down when you get up so it's always in their mind and their thoughts um, so do they do they actually say okay child uh, we're going to go walk along the road now and talk about the torah you know what i mean yeah. like like they literally have to walk on a road sometimes and talk about it no they just all their <laughs> acts whatever they're doing in life yeah they yeah. have to keep remembering god on your hand, I think the hands that talk about your actions, what yeah. you do, your behavior, your, your conduct, your conduct, and, and yeah. your foreheads would be your mind. You right? know, where it gets confusing is is this last one here. That seems like a physical act to me. That you I can't just remember, remember, remember these things. Um, I don't think it's literally saying to actually do that. I think it's saying, um, you know, it's it's supposed to be in your heart. So if it's in but your heart, it's clear. everywhere you go. It's yeah. in your heart, but it was not in their hearts. That's the problem. That's the whole problem. Well, the yeah, new covenant well, is in our hearts. Sin, right? That's the whole problem. Is yeah. So no matter how many Torah verses you write on the doorposts of your heart, you're, or, or the doorpost of your house, you're still going to sin. Yeah, no matter how long your tassels right. are, how many cubes you have on your head, you got it's the heart that matters. In the new covenant, Jesus came to cleanse our hearts yeah i mean your actions reflect what you're actually manifesting yeah so that's reality. 11 of the fair the 11 of the pharisees i would say includes the cube on the head <laughs> yeah i don't think god literally <laughs> meant for them to do that and if they're doing it as a ritual without <laughs> knowing if they didn't accept christ then you already know that that's a false ritual right because that all these things would have yeah, yeah. Christ. It didn't help them see. Uh, yeah. It helped them kill Jesus is what it did. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like all these things that God is saying, you got to do this. You got to remember it for all your generations. It was ordinances for them. It was to help them when Christ came that they would have seen Christ as their own Messiah right away. If they had actually lived out. Yeah, yeah, if it was in their heart. Yeah. And yeah. in, in the old covenant. Um, now, um, yeah, okay, let's go to, oh, it's right here. Amazing. The <laughs> Bible verse I wanted to find was actually right here already. Jeremiah 31, which I think we've even talked about before, but we have to look at it again. Just uh, so remember, Old, Co old Testament uh, EM <clears throat> 31, and then we're going to scroll down to verse 31. So that's easy to remember. Jeremiah 31, 31, although I still forget it. All right, there you go. Okay, so the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel. But what, what's wrong with the old covenant? Well, there must be something wrong with it, or it's, you know, with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors, which they're about to do on Mount Sinai, 
when I took them by the hand and to lead them out of Egypt, right? There it is right there. The Exodus is mentioned yeah. here yeah. because they broke my covenant, though mm. I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make. That's the new covenant that Jesus did at the Passover meal. Yeah. Right. The people after that, after that time, I will put my law, I will put my law in their mind. So yeah. I think they should, they should, they should saw open their head and put the cube inside their brain if they're going to read this literally. Yeah. Well, you should. <laughs> I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts. So yeah. they got to, they got to put the cube literally on their heart and inside their brain if Guess they want to do this correctly. They will do that with the mark of the beast. <laughs> they will literally put something in their brain and their hand. So, all right. So anyway, the new covenant it is also mentioned in uh, Ezekiel, I believe. Uh, you don't have to go there now, but so this is the new covenant mentioned in the Old Testament. Yeah. Pointing ahead, pointing ahead. The people read this was like what 500 BC or something when mm -hmm. Jeremiah wrote this. Uh, you know, so people knew there was a new covenant coming. Yep. Yet they didn't notice it when it happened. Well, that's the problem because he I did say that uh, because they broke the first covenant, even though he was their husband. Yeah, yeah, they broke it. They were whoring after other gods. Yeah, that's what they say. That's yep. a, that's a quote. All right. So um, anyway, firstborn, verse eleven. All right, mm -hmm. so the firstborn, um, law of the firstborn. It shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, just as he swore to you and to your fathers, he, and shall give it to you, give it you, that you shall set apart to the Lord the first offspring of every womb and the first offspring of every beast which you have. The males shall be the Lord's or the firstborn. It's a, yeah. But every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. That means kill the donkey, or no, 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 it means kill a lamb as a sacrifice. Um, and if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now, that's a bit of a strange uh, yeah, I verse. Think means uh, it, yeah, I, I did. Uh, it means a, a first, so if a, a firstborn donkey. What if you don't need a donkey, right? You got enough donkeys. <laughs> so, or, so, well, you redeem, don't, or, so first of all, I think it means don't kill the donkey because you're going to need the donkey, right? Don't kill the firstborn. Don't kill the firstborn. You don't have to kill the firstborn donkey because you might need it, but you do have to kill a lamb instead of the donkey to oh. symbol. It's like a sacrifice, the lamb, because there's tons of lamb. They got lots of lambs. Kill yeah. the lamb that represents the donkey. Don't kill the donkey. But if you do not redeem the donkey, then you got to kill the donkey. If you don't, if you if you have too many donkeys already, because the the firstborn offspring is belongs to God. Yeah. So you can't keep it for yourself. Right. It has to be unredeemed. You have to redeem it. You have How to buy it back. Is how do you redeem? with a sacrifice? Kill it, you mean? Yeah. I guess I'm maybe I'm not understanding the way it's written. But well, it says you should every, break its neck. Yeah, but they're both killing men. Okay, so for every first offspring of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. Does that mean kill with a lamb to redeem it? Yeah, I think so. 
So if you kill here with the lamb to redeem it, and if you do not kill it, then you shall break its neck to kill it. You kill the lamb if you don't. You you redeem the donkey with a lamb, but if you don't do that, that's killing the lamb. If you don't do that, then you kill the donkey by breaking its neck. That's what I think that means. Oh, that's a little it's confusing. It's very weird the way it's written, though, because I don't know who. Uh, every first offspring of a donkey should. So it says together, the first donkey and the lamb are to be redeemed, which means kill and sacrificing him, right? And if yeah. you do not sacrifice it, who's it here? Must be the donkey, right? Well, actually, what we're going to see is there's a payment. You have to buy back the firstborn animal, and even the firstborn pe people, you buy them back from God. There's a redemption. Well, that's, and, it, it, and again, this points to Christ as the, he ransomed us, right, from death. Yeah, that's the word redeem. The redeem, the redeem. Mean. That's the Christ, yeah. that's the, that's pointing to Christ as well, with the lamb, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think, I think it will explain this a bit more as we go. Okay. Actually, so, so it's a little confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing, in fact. It yeah. shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this that you shall say to him? With a strong hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. See, again, it says the Lord killed them. Yeah. Yeah. Both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Right. So that's the backdrop is the firstborn. God owns the firstborn of everything. And he yeah. killed the firstborn of the Egyptians, man and beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I re redeem. And I think the yeah. first part of that is talking about the animals, right? Yeah. I, and then because the, the official animal sacrifice thing hasn't really begun yet. That, begin, that begins when they later well, this on. This is not talking same, about, okay, wait, here... It's not just animals. He's talking about both humans and animals. But sacrificing. He doesn't actually... But see, so I sacrifice all the firstborn of every womb, but but not the humans. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Um, so you it shall be as a sign... There, like the Egyptians? No, this is, uh, this is Moses. This is Moses... No, I know. Okay, so the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man and firstborn of yeah, yeah. The, the God killed the firstborn man and, and beast from the Egyptians. Yep. Therefore, I therefore, sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb, which would include man and beast. But yes. all the firstborn of my sons, meaning his people, yeah. I redeem. Man and yeah, no, son. My sons are not beasts; they're humans. <laughs> no, but I don't think he's re referring sons uh, as men. But I think so. His people. No, no. I think I. I think I think what he's saying is all firstborn of everything belongs to God. Yes. And, and normally would be sacrificed, but for the people, we don't sacrifice the people. We redeem them through a substitutionary sacrifice. We redeem them with the lamb or with some other sacrifice of an animal. We redeem our people are redeemed through animal sacrifice. If you our, read our, it together, uh, if you read fifteen and sixteen, he does sacrifice. So he's sacrificing 
I sacrifice the first male. He does actually sacrifice the first male offspring of every womb. Which He's saying that he does do that, but does not include man. That's what it, the second half of that sentence is saying, but not the people, not the, not the people. I, I sacrifice everything except the people. I think that's what that says there. So only the animals are firstborn who's sacrificing? Yeah, Moses and the Israelites. All right. So, all right. Well, let's move on because I think <laughs> there's a, well, it's important. So we don't, yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that though. So here's the way I read it is that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and firstborn of beast, which is together. So that's inclusive in the firstborn in the land. Therefore, which is a continuation of the last sentence, I sacrifice to the Lord first male offspring of every womb, which should include the beast and man. But yes, all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. That's Moses talking about the Israelite. The, se the second sentence, therefore, I, that's Moses talking. Or it could be God talking through I Moses. God. So let's start over. Uh, this goes up to the the Lord said to Moses, let's say consecrate. Then Moses said to the people, Moses is talking to the people, but remember Moses is the prophet. Yeah. It could be God talking through Moses. I think it's God. So where does it begin? Where it starts? But there, there's a distinction between the Egyptians and then it's talking about the Israelites. The Israelite yeah, sons so are redeemed. The, yeah. the Egyptian firstborn was not redeemed. Yeah. So, Egyptian so it's pointing to Christ as the Redeemer. Yeah. Yes. So it's the firstborn of my sons, meaning my people. Yeah, my, God's people. Yes. Uh, and then yeah, it, the animals are not his sons. No. No, it's <laughs> it'll be no, but I mean, like he was already he made a point to kill all the firstborn of Egypt, both man and beast, yeah. as a sacrifice. Yeah. Therefore, yep. I sacrifice to the Lord, which has to be, mo this can't be God talking. I sacrifice to the Lord, the first male offspring of every womb. Every womb includes animals, though. Yeah. Every womb. But, but then he says, but not the people. Okay. All right. I think I can. they did do animal sacrifices, right? Yeah. And so it is God talking. He killed the firstborn of the Egyptian people, but not the firstborn Israelite people. They were redeemed through the lamb. The blood of the lamb on the doorpost that was a redemption yeah and 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 you know these firstborn belong to god you know we have to remember that we all you know especially like americans we always think it's all about us god's here to serve us yeah and we what about my rights <laughs> well god created life so that i think the firstborn this is kind of making that point that the firstborn yeah. of every womb belongs to god actually yeah and we have to and remember that that's a way to remember that well that's true for everything on earth right everything on earth and, belongs to yeah. god and later on they they can uh they're told they can buy back even the firstborn animal and the, and they have to make a little payment yeah. for the firstborn uh child as well just to just to keep it in our head that god uh that he everything belongs us, to god right and he redeemed us, yeah. yeah. So, that, yeah, that's very similar to what Jesus did, right? He redeemed us through his sacrifice, through the Passover lamb. So he bought us. Redeemed us. Uh, he bought us and redeemed us. He paid, he paid the price. price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a penal substitution. 
Right, because in order to buy back, you would have to pay God for our yeah. lives, basically, right? Okay, yeah, I, I think I'm following. It's a little confusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it shall be as a sign. Here, so, same thing right here. It, it this, this firstborn stuff, it shall be as a sign, as a sign on your hand and as frontlets on your forehead, for with a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Yeah. Um, so again, are they, what are they going to do? Put like a dead animal on their forehead? <laughs> oh, just, I think he's saying the works of your hand and remembrance of me. Um, yeah. Now, should we, um, I don't want to get bogged down in that too much, but should we go to Revelation at all? Um, the uh, Mark of the Beast. Revelation 14, verse 1. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb. There's the Lamb. Standing on Mount Zion with him, 144,000 who had his name, his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So there again is the written on the forehead. Inside the brain, remembered. <laughs> yeah, little, literally written or on the on the actual forehead. You know, so is that is that a mark? Is that do we are they gonna literally have Yahweh and Jesus' name. Yahweh does not put literal marks, but Satan is taking that to put literal marks with the mark of the beast. So everything that God did, even with the mark of Cain, uh, where others, I don't know, that could have been literal for other people to see, or it could be a spiritual that no one would harm Cain. But everything so far, it looks like God would not make a literal mark, but a spiritual. Can you um, go to... Uh, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Keep that one there, though. Keep that there. Can you open a new tab? The, the mark of God is kind of what I'm getting at here. There seems to be, and there's there's quite a few verses that talk about a spiritual, uh, yeah, mark. People, God's people are marked or they're sealed. Right. Yeah, yeah. There is, there, yeah. So Satan has his own imitation of this. De, uh, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. So similar to what we that was a different we read Deuteronomy six before that. Yeah. Um, but here, you know, ESV says, uh, bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. But uh which one so same you? thing, right? The forehead, the and then 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 let's go to Revelation 13. Yeah, so so we get this this concept of hand and forehead was in the Old Testament already. And then if you go to the end of Revelation 13, when I think about the mark of the beast, first let's think about the you know the mark of God first. And this is an imitation of that. Yeah. Right. And then um and then so verse 16 here says it it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, which is what we just read that 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 yeah. the God's teaching and instruction are supposed to be on our foreheads and in our hands, right? Yeah. All these things. Yeah. So we're supposed to be have God's mark in our hands and our foreheads, but now it says they have to, the beast, the second beast. So maybe he's overwriting, trying to attempt to receive to a mark on their right hands and forehead. So it's, I don't know, for me, this could also be actions and behavior, thoughts, you know, and the, the beast religion will be on people's for minds and hearts and actions it could be but i think he will be a very literal thing where because 
they make everything artificial. Satan doesn't. Yeah, know. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, they're going to attempt this. So they right. they want complete obedience, basically. Right. It's it's like a satanic religious institution that has commandments and all these kind of things. Um, yeah, because you know everything in history already kind of represents this anyway with numbering yeah. people, social securities, every <laughs> number that you have now in life is tied eventually will come together yeah and they've in the past they've had people had to have a, have a they had to get a uh, they had to sacrifice to the the, the roman gods and get a certificate yeah. of right. sacrifice before they could buy or sell anything they and then maccabee they did stuff like this before over in, in a smaller time. scale not worldwide yeah. like they do now but uh you know, so yeah. I don't know. People get hung up on the actual mark itself, the physical mark. I'm not so concerned with that, to be honest. It's more like a, a spiritual the, the worship, and then there's a worship, right? You got to, uh, which is uh, verse 15. Yeah. All who refuse to worship the image will be killed. Right? Well, there's so. this other uh, verse in here that the only ones who take the mark are not written in the book of life. You cannot yeah. be forced to take it. If you are in the book of life. So this, I think, will be for a generation that doesn't know God at all. They're not written in the book of life. Well, but we, we exist with these people. I think there's people who know God now and people who don't know God now existing yeah. at the same time for the last 2,000 years, basically. Or really forever, yep. really. So Yeah, I mean, they will always um, exist. Like, the believers will. But I think it'll get to a point where... It'll be a great divide. It will no longer be wheat and tear living side by side and not knowing. Well, when at the second coming, I think that's when yeah. that happens. Uh, but there, there's a war. That those are the bat. Those are the 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 beast. You know, the people, well, the, the, the children of Satan. Yeah, yeah, children of Satan battling the yeah. children of God. You know, right? That's and the warfare. They don't want them killed because those see the ones who are in the book of life cannot take the mark because it's already established so that means if they don't take the mark they will be killed that's part of the game if you take the mark <laughs> it does say that right there doesn't it all who refuse to worship the image of the beast image of the first beast killed. will be killed yeah so worship this, also means obey yeah it'll be resist obey whatever i mean but the point is that the mark itself is tied to worship and the ones that don't do it uh, are going to be killed, and the ones who take it are not written in the book of life. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Yeah, yeah. let's go to thirteen. This is the same right there, verse thirteen in this chapter, and it performed great signs, signs and wonders. Right there, it is again, satanic yeah. signs, which is a reference to the signs and wonders God did at the Exodus. Yeah, performed great signs, even causing fire, fire to come down from heaven. Uh, maybe like in Hawaii. Nope, I can't say that. From heaven yeah, to the earth. You know what? <laughs> thinking about it, very close to the signs of a fire coming down from heaven. This is in full view of the people. So it'll be something, I mean, it's kind of like what they did already, but I think it'll be even more spectacular like fire coming hidden in plain sight well it could be hidden yeah. in plain sight too it could be happening right in front of our eyes and we don't even notice it yeah and it might not be so literal either necessarily verse 14 let me read this real quick because of the signs the false signs and wonders of the antichrist it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast it deceived 
So these signs and wonders are going to deceive the inhabitants of the earth. Now, these inhabitants of the earth, I, I think that's talking about the unbelieving people more than because uh, the believers are, would really be the inhabitants of heaven or something. Yeah, we're all on earth together, but there's the earth dwellers, sometimes they call it. Um, well, it would only deceive the unbelievers for sure, but yeah. it's meant for everybody on earth. Trying to deceive everybody, yeah. It ordered them to set up an image and honor the beast who was wounded by the sword and lily. So anyway, it's um, we don't want to get bogged down. This is like this is people have talked about this for thousands of years. What this means, but we're going to talk about it for a thousand years too. Get there. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting. There's deception. The the signs and wonders I think are the narratives and the things involved in the narratives and and you know a broad. But include all you know all the various narratives they do and all the things they do, all the evil things they're going to do as well, and, well, um, and they deceived. Deceived. That. It deceived people. We see lots of. It's all. It's the point of all well, the signs and narratives they do is to deceive people, right? That's the so main far, point. It's is to great. <laughs> so this up, nobody <laughs> even questions it. I mean, we can't talk about it even, you know. So yeah. the big sign and wonder with the new. D-E-W. That's a controversial issue. It is. You're not allowed to talk about controversial issues. No. So let's <laughs> go back to Exodus and see what God does. Signs and wonders could be. A, see, we could use the Bible to find our little code signs words. You know, wonders. the signs and wonders. I like that better. So signs deception. and wonders in Maui. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. There you go. Started that process. Yeah. Already. Yeah. And the signs and wonders of regarding pharmacia. I think we could say pharmacia. Yes, we could say pharmacia. The pharmacia, signs and wonders, the narratives yeah. about certain plagues. Plagues. Pestilence, or... the pestilence, the, the <laughs> false signs and wonders regarding pestilence. Yeah, but the biggest key, though, out of all of that is not so much what happened, is what the people got deceived and believed. That's, that that's is right the there. sign They're of wonder to me. People. Yeah. The deception itself is a sign. Well, that's remember, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. God sends them a strong delusion, so they believe what is false. So yep. they are deceived. There is a judgment. That's what amazes me the most. Nothing else. It's a, yeah. It is It is a supernatural event. We're, when we see the people who have been deceived, it is kind of, I stand in awe. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just a man. I mean, I'm like I can't. I I can't fathom. And you try to what you try to kind of snap them out of it. You can't do it. They're they're well, sealed for destruction. It's like a movie <laughs> where they get taken over by aliens. You know, like all those movies, those body snatchers. They're under mind control. Yeah, already total yeah. mind control. But right. they don't think that way. You know, they think we're under mind control instead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I just try not to even talk about it with people too much anymore. I so, know. so I think we're done with that. And then uh, the, the, is that root or route? How do you say that word? I'm from Minnesota. I don't speak English. <laughs> I don't know. Route. So, uh, I met some Canadian guy the other day. He, some Canadian guy heard me talking and he comes up to me. He's like, are you Canadian? <laughs> well, Almost, but not quite. <laughs> not I'm, too far away. I speak with uh, a funny You can say accent. root or route. Okay. I, I say I root. I'm forgetting English. Oh, okay. The root. Yeah. Of root the Exodus. Out. Now, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them, lead them through the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was nearby. <laughs> I guess the Philistines were like a powerful uh, 
they were like a, had a strong army and they were kind of right up the coast from Egypt. So yeah. he didn't go that way. He took them the long way down the Sinai Peninsula, the, the long yeah, way. Yeah, but look what it says, though, because people might change their mind. They might get afraid, yeah. They're not ready. See, it's an army of Israelites, but they don't really know how to fight yet. Yeah. And they don't really know God that well quite yet either. For yeah. God said, let's, let's the people change their minds when they see war, not when, when they just see it, when they're involved in it as well. Yeah. Then they return to Egypt, right? They're going to yeah. go back to Egypt. It was at least we had food and shelter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they would take slavery if they've got food and shelter. I think that's where the bottom is. Like a FEMA camp? Oh, you can't say that yeah. word either. Sorry. <laughs> well, that too. I FEMA think camps are good. <laughs> they return to Egypt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just I mean, it's, it's going out into the desert is not easy, right? It takes no. a lot of faith. A lot of faith uh, and trust that you're going to survive. They, they can, they can, you know, they, they, all they knew for 400 years was Egypt. Yeah. And now they're go, going out into the desert wasteland. So it takes a lot of faith for these people. Um, therefore, oh, go ahead. It's true today for us. Yeah. We have to yeah. trust God in all these adversity and big events. You know, yeah. I know, I know I need more faith, even though I, I get moments where I have lots of faith and then it'll kind of die down a little bit. You know, I need more than what I have now today. Well, we so all I think most, most of us do issue. probably. Yeah, like like we really gotta step up. You know what the thing. ultimate test with the mark of the beast, I always wonder if I would be strong enough to say no when it actually happens. Like this is just a well, test. You, were all, you already said no to a certain extent. Yeah, and I, I guess did. no, for sure. I, yeah, I would say that's a mark. What happened is a mark, at least for me, a mark of the beast. Whether yeah, it's, it's the final a one or not, it's a simple, very similar thing just happened. Yeah, but the difference between this and the and the one is the actual coming after you to kill you that day. So it's kind of uh, yeah, it's it's they're the slow version of that is to yeah. fire fire someone from their job. Yeah. Therefore, God led the people around through the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up prepared for war. Are they uh, are they prepared for war now? I guess out of the yeah. land of Egypt, they're prepared for war. Suddenly, <laughs> how did that happen? I guess. Well, I guess they are. I guess they're ready. Yeah. But they're not ready though. They, they didn't go to the Philistines because that would have resulted in war. So they're going. They're kind of avoiding a battle in a way. But they get into a battle pretty quickly soon. Actually, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Very interesting. Yeah. Now this could be a mummy. Remember, Joseph was embalmed. Yep, he was probably the mummy. Joseph it's mummy. I wonder what happened. Did they ever find that? Where is that now? I wonder. What they find mean? all these Egyptian mummies all over, right? They found a lot uh, of Egyptian mummies from yeah. a long time ago. Didn't they find, why not find the uh, Joseph mummy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was still <laughs> Maybe like, they have. I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like something you would be able to find even now. I mean, a mummy, these things last a long time. Yeah, depending right? on what you did with the mummy, though. Did he bury it somewhere? Well, it tells us right here. Well, they. I don't know what happened to him. Actually, they took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the children of Israel solemnly swear, saying, "God will surely attend to you, and you shall carry my bones away from here with you." I'm not sure if we find out what happened to that mummy or not. 
in those 40 years? Did they lose it somewhere? Did, <laughs> did they take them? Well, into the I think they would have. I don't know what the promise was, whether to take them in the land of promise with you or take them out of Egypt. And the first place they would have buried them would have been Egypt. No, he wanted to be buried in the promised land. Yeah, sure. so I guess they had to carry him around the whole time. And it took him a while to get in there. So, yeah, I mean, out there in the desert in the heat, pretty <laughs> cool at night, though. I, um, they yeah. took their journey from Sukkot and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went before them by day. Wait, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. Nice. Didn't they, didn't they sleep? Uh, this is just a couple days, though, I think, this particular journey. Yeah, I guess they're traveling. Maybe they're rested here. I'm trying to get away from the Egyptians. Yeah. Uh, he did not remove the, the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Um, oh, so I think that's kind of another angel of the Lord type of thing, right? You had the burning bush was the angel of the Lord. You know, because I mean, God is wherever God is, he's still there, I think. But then once in a while, his angel of the Lord comes here in earth so we can interact with well, him. Well, it's his many forms, right? Because he comes in the fire, he comes in the cloud. Moses, he met in the burning bush as in the fire. Mm -hmm. And then physical form when he ate and drank with the forefathers. So it's just yeah. a way of appearing however he wants to. Yeah. Are you ready? Do you want to do 14? Yep. Are you that ready? was exciting at the last ending, so I got to know what happened. All right. So I think they're actually, yeah, this is the big uh, moment here, uh, crossing the Red Sea. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel. Now notice Moses is doing a lot of talking now, right? Not Aaron. Aaron was talking to Pharaoh quite a bit, but now Moses is speaking um. to the people. He's uh, on now. Yeah. Speak to the children of Israel so that they turn and camp before Pi-ha-hi-roth, between Migdol and the sea, before Baal-zaphon. Opposite it, you shall camp by the sea, for Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are confused in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. So I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he shall pursue them. And I will be honored. I will be honored because of Pharaoh and because of all his army, so that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So he so made Pharaoh chase after them? Yeah. He wants to give them some more signs and wonders. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, don't you think it's the same God is going to do that for us later on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. People will see the signs and wonders of God for sure. The end, the last, yeah. that'll be the last thing they see, more or less. Uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, right. even those um, that don't take the mark and are kind of out there uh, without access, they mm. that's their wilderness, just like this is. I always said that Exodus will repeat itself in the Great Tribulation. It's the second Exodus. Yes. Right? Isn't that what they, well, I mean, there was kind of an exodus at the cross. There was a certain type of exodus. Uh, so maybe it's even going to be the third exodus. It just depends on how you think about that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the cross the did a, a lot of things changed at the cross. Yeah. And, uh, but we right. as people have not seen these miraculous types exactly. of Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fell. There's more to come. Yeah. Yeah. So th those who trust and have faith will see them. It'll be a supernatural uh, time. 
at least when kind I of is. Yeah. yeah. When it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 select chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and officers over every one of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. However, the children of Israel went out with confidence. Oh, nice. They were not afraid. Cool. Great. <laughs> but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them camping by the sea besides P. Hiroth before Baal Zephon. When Pharaoh, I think Baal means is a word for God. Yeah. And sometimes refer to that one God, but also could refer to other gods. And it occurs in a lot of place names back then. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and indeed the Egyptians were marching after them, and they were extremely terrified. Wait, so now they're terrified. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're like, confident. Very quick. Yeah. <laughs> now they're it's, terrified. It's it makes like sense. Getting God powers all over again. Why? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the Egyptian army coming after you, that would be pretty scary. Yeah. But I mean, come on. At this point now, they've seen God's firsthand miracles, even went through the whole Passover event, which is a supernatural event. Yeah. But they're human. Human. They're 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 diseased. It's like human beings are kind of uh, born flawed, right? Yeah, so it's the, that can't the be inherent for everything. You know. Yeah, well, but I, I don't want to judge them too much. I, I would probably be the same thing. I'm you know I'm coming at this. I'm thinking. I'm you know I'm thinking. I probably would have reacted the same way in that situation. All right, you can. That's have just me. That's empathy, I'm just trying to be. Yeah. I'm pretending to be humble. <laughs> well i haven't learned that skill yet so i'll yeah. just say what the heck why are they always right. constantly doubting and crazy when they're living right next to them? like it's yeah for that's us. true oh i think you know it's all new to them yeah you know, they didn't they didn't know what's going on um so the children of israel at least at least they did this so the children of israel cried out to the lord well, that's so that's good. that's not bad, right? That's pretty good. Oh, that's what that's we should good. be doing. That's what we should do. Yeah. Well, you know, my problem is I'm always trying to figure it out myself, and <laughs> you know, I'm trying to yeah. save myself. So it does. It is uh, difficult, I think, for people to sometimes ask God for help. And you know, we're always trying to solve our own problems on our own. Well, I would right? love to ask God for help, but I guess not knowing how he because he doesn't talk to me, so I never know. You know, like if he's helped, I always. Well, say he, he probably he, he hears our prayers, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He hear and then he answers uh, the prayers sometimes. Yeah, um, we have different right. struggles than they did. Yeah, well, they're similar now. I think yeah. we have the Egyptians chasing after us now to a certain extent. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, then they said to Moses, "Is it because we there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness?" <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty clever, actually. Oh, there's no more graves in Egypt, so we got to go die out here. Because <laughs> they all think they're going to die now, right? They yeah. just got rescued. They just got redeemed. They got rescued, but they think well, that, they're, they're going to die. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I think I would be a little bit different if I was with them. Because, like, if God is doing all these things where you actually vi visually see them, 
and they're partaking in this big exodus. I don't know. I would have a little more faith than they did. But yeah, but the uh, but now, but we kind of know how this ends, though. They didn't. They were. It was real time. It was happening. Yeah. And it it seemed hopeless at the from their from what they could see with their eyes. Yeah, things were not looking good. The Egyptians yeah. were coming. To, now it'll be like the robot dogs hunting us down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some I, people I, are going to say the same thing. Oh, the robot dogs are going to kill me. No, you're right. You know what? I would be scared too because those. Well, this is me. You know, some yeah. people probably would not be, but I think if I were, if I'm really honest with myself. You know. No, you're absolutely right. I'm just I'm being silly because if I see those scary things coming at me, I would be scared too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Right. So I mean, I'm just you know thinking outside the box because like most of the time we kind of criticize these Israelites for complaining all the time in the wilderness, and uh, but I think we all kind of do that to a certain extent, right? Yeah, um, we're still so. doing it. <laughs> Is not this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Oh, it would be better to take the mark of the beast than to be yeah. killed. <laughs> That's exactly what I think people did. They said, isn't uh, it better to just take it than to be exposed to not having a job or whatever, you know? Oh, lots of people. Everyone I know said that. Yeah. Everyone I know did it. Oh, so I could travel. Well, isn't it a medical thing? You didn't do your, do it for your health. Nobody <laughs> did it for their health, really. Nobody. Yeah, what I can see, but they all, all did it for obedience. That's why I lost those people because they they picked the Egyptians over the wilderness. Yeah. So at least we're told, you know, at least we're told uh, in the Bible not to do it, right? Yeah. For for uh, the sake of everlasting life. There, there's a big, not just for this life, right? Because uh, he doesn't so. want us to go into slavery. He's still protecting us. That's what it is. It's not so much like, oh, you obeyed your Pharaoh instead of me as God. It's really to protect us because they were under bondage under the Egyptians. They were doing everything the Egyptian Pharaoh told them to do. And whatever the hardship even makes straw, breaks with no straws, and people were willing to do that. So when God, uh, you know, when people start obeying these nonsense things, God is saying, resist, it'll be a better life for you than if you obeyed. But people don't listen. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people are kind of so attached to this world that they don't want to leave this world right yeah yeah the sin they they love the idolatry of this world so much and the pleasures of the flesh and all that stuff they don't want it they can't imagine being away from it so they'll do anything to survive a little bit longer in this world and to keep that pleasure going too yeah yeah addictions you know that's why yeah well because they so. don't god they you know the world did a great job of deceiving people into all kinds of different ways and they also removed god at the same time so in a way we're kind of mm. yeah. in that zone yeah. anyway it's like you, a false it's, it's like a false religion the, the whole yeah. culture the satanic system yeah people because if they it. knew god they wouldn't choose the wrong thing it's yeah. also because they said no to it yeah well there's an important verse right there that verse uh, 12 
All right, 13. So, but Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, oh, this is, what chapter is this? Verse chapter 14. Yeah. Okay. Now the word salvation, you know what that is in Hebrew? No way. You're going to, you're going to like this Hebrew word. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You don't like the other ones. No. <laughs> I think I well I don't have let's see. My guess is that it's gonna be uh Yesu, Yeshu or Yesu oh, or Yeshua. Yeah, yeah. Salvation is actually the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua, basically oh, the form okay. of Yeshua. So Jesus' name, Yeshua. Yeah. yeah. See the salvation of the Lord, right? See Jesus. See Yeah. Yeah. See oh, I'm Yeshua. in the wrong chapter. Yeah. So, yeah. And that word appears quite a bit actually in the Old Testament. You see it a lot in the prophecy and all that stuff. And it's, you could almost read it as Yeshua, as Jesus, right? As, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so, it is uh, like which, Jesus, right? So, that whole saying that firm and see, even though he is talking about salvation there, but he also means Jesus at the same time. Yeah. It, it is Yeshua. Yeah. And uh, soteria, where we get the word soteriology in Greek, soteria, salvation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, his, his name, Jesus' name is literally salvation. See, okay, fear not. So this is, we, we can also say the same thing, right? Fear yep. not, stand firm, see Yeshua. Yep, that's Yeshua all you The three letters <laughs> or the three phrases you could put on a t-shirt. Fear yeah. Stand firm. Even if they're coming to kill us. Yeah. You know, that's 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 a good test of our faith right there. So, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall never see again. That's good. And that's a good point, too. We will never see a lot of these people again. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that day. <laughs> they need their own planet. I mean, if they worship Saturn, they can just go there. Yeah, exactly. They they uh yeah, they they'll end up in a different place. So that's yeah. good. The the Lord shall fight. Oh, look at this. The Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. So do I need to fight on my no. own power? Am I am I on my own? Nope. No. Well, that's the good Lord news, right? So we don't have to go to war with these people. You know what the ESV says? It says and you only have to, and you have only to be silent. Instead of while you hold your peace. I don't know which one is better, but similar meaning. See, they, sometimes it's different words, but a similar meaning. Um, yeah, well, but, I guess uh, you can apply both, silent and peace uh, in a way, because there's yeah. a lot of people out there trying to do it in their own power and making tons yeah. of those, thinking they're going to yeah. win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without yeah. repenting, without, because it's the sickness of the people. That's leading all these leaders to act that way. So if we if we just wake up enough people, we can put a stop to this, right? <laughs> no, because no? it's the same people. <laughs> It'll just be a new body that'll represent them to be exactly. And, the same. and these delusional people are the deceived people are to a certain extent deluded by God's power. Yeah. Right? God has supernaturally well, uh, imagine, made it so they are deceived. Imagine if all the wicked leaders suddenly disappeared. Who are they going to elect next? These are the same uh, deceived yeah. people that you can't even talk to. They're going to say it's the right thing, the good thing, and they're just going to pick yeah. someone else just like them. Yeah. 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 All right. So th- this is pretty good stuff. I'm going to highlight some yeah. of this stuff later. All right. So <laughs> the uh, the Lord said to Moses. T-shirt of this one. 
that that should be yeah yeah sentences and we're, we're going to see this actually happening it, it starts out all the battles the lord is literally fighting for them at first yeah and then they gradually uh take part in it themselves as well oh this is the one i was thinking this should be fear not stand firm and see and jesus see the, uh, yeah three three um sentences yeah okay 15. all right so the lord said to moses why do you cry out to me speak to the ch <laughs> he, god just must, must get kind of annoyed with us speak to the children of israel so that they go forward because <laughs> he knows what's he knows it's all going to work out but we don't always realize that right so um yeah. and as for you lift oh here's the rod lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it then the children of israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea no one saw that coming <laughs> no <laughs> as for me surely i will harden the hearts of the egyptians so that they shall follow them and i will be honored through pharaoh through all his army his chariots and his horsemen u.s military <laughs> right hey, then the awesome. then the egyptians shall know that i am the lord when i am honored through pharaoh his chariots and his horsemen or kind of glorified you know yeah. then the oh there it is right there the angel of god angel of yahweh which went before the camp of israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of the cloud moved before them and stood behind them so it came between the camp of the egyptians and the camp of israel so there's the angel of god between the two armies yeah and there was a cloud and a darkness to them but it gave light by night therefore the one did not come near the other the entire night so he's kind of sounds like he's kind of holding off the egyptians for a while yeah well he's hardening and moving them along so he can control when they invade all right elohim yeah angel of elohim it says there all right then the Mo then moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land so that the waters were divided the children of israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left then the egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea even all pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen and in the morning watch in the morning watch the lord looked down on the army of the egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and through the camp of the egyptians into confusion mm -hmm. he removed their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty and the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. So he finally recognized it. Um, I guess one of God's tool is to put them in confusion, it seems like. He's like, maybe he's able to control people's mind. In a well, way. yeah, he controlled the Pharaoh's mind, for sure. Yeah, but uh, isn't that demonstrating that he can do that with all people? Like, yeah literally control our I don't mind. think he do, I don't know if he does it all the time to everybody but it, um, you know certain moments uh he chooses to whenever, I think right. he could he he could do it if he want to do it all times probably but um at least it's you know we are shown at certain times he does do that you know yeah so we always he definitely does it free will in a way 
And I guess Satan's maybe trying to do the same thing, yep. controlling our minds through the yeah. Well, that's for sure. Elon mass media. Creating that. Yeah, that's what the mass media is for. Um, all right, so he, he removed their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. I guess I read that. Yeah. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal place when the morning appeared, while the Egyptians fled against it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. So he um, killed them all. Now, can you think of can you think of any other time God parted waters so far in what we've read, starting in Genesis? Well, the great parting flood, flood, right? Well, I don't know if that that's it involves water even before that. Oh. Like in Genesis 1. Oh, yeah. You mean the land with the waters separated? Divided the waters from the waters. Yeah. So, that, you know, there may be a certain connection made there. The creation of the world involved dividing waters, right? Yeah, right. And then, and then the maybe at the end of at the end of the age, the waters, you know, heaven yeah. comes to earth and destroys. Well, heaven comes to earth and destroys the unrighteous. I don't know if it's literal water. I'm not saying literally water is going to come down yeah. from heaven, but heaven comes to earth, or you know, God returns, Jesus returns. Oh, you to would earth. have to part the waters again for that to happen. Just well, the waters are parted right now. Yeah. We're waters above from the waters below. Right. Kind of thing. But when he restores the new heaven and new earth, he rolls up the heaven like um, a scroll, and then they come yeah. down. That like they come down heaven. In a way, heaven comes to earth. I don't know if that's the yeah, that could exactly be. accurate way to say it, but it's one way yeah. of thinking of it. Um, so I, I just thought of that right now. But, but the uh, water is always significance in the Bible. It's tied yeah, to that's true. rebirth, baptism, salvation. Yeah, yeah, creation. Um, yeah. In fact, don't they? There's a. I think there's a New Testament verse somewhere comparing this to a type of back baptism. Uh, this, oh, this yeah. crossing oh, the Red the Sea, Israelites, right? Yeah, for the Israelites, yeah, not for the Egyptians. But and then, uh, then when they enter the Promised Land, the Canaan, they cross the Jordan, and the waters are parted as well. Yeah. Yes, and river. Jordan River is where um, John the Baptist starts baptizing uh, people. Yeah, so maybe uh, all it has significance, but it seems a, like uh, he uses water to either save them or hurt them. Because isn't this like the, mm. so the flood destroyed the whole earth, and now this time it destroyed. Yeah, and Jesus, Jesus walks on water too, right? It, it, yeah. Sometimes the sea, sometimes water represents the forces of uh, chaos forces, and so he God has control over those as well, right? He, yeah. God can control the water. Well, he definitely controls the water, but it's also his birth, because babies are born through water in the womb. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of connections with, I guess we'll find out later what it really means. Mm -hmm. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel 
that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord used upon the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. See, so, now they finally, now they're finally getting it. Yeah. It took them a while. So well, I think, awesome. yeah, they're for a while, for temporarily. And again, mm -hmm. that verb where it says the Lord saved Israel. Yeah. It's um, it's like a yesh, yesha, yesha, a, a similar word, you know, a, a, the root word Yeshua is there as well in the verb form there. Yesha saved to save. Yeah, so this okay. is good. We covered the New Testament and the Old Testament together, um, most of it. So this will be the end for now. Any more connections you see? Um, no, not necessarily. Well, there are there is a lot more, but I haven't. Uh, I don't have it all prepared right now. But uh, we can. Yeah, we can. Uh, maybe next time we can talk about some other things because they they you know they refer to this event so often throughout the Bible that we don't need to look at every single one of them because we'll come across them as we continue to go anyway. So yeah, but I think what we learn significance is do not fear and don't give in. I think that's the important lesson out of it. Right, at least for this chapter. Um, yeah, I mean, and ultimately, it's God who saves us, right? And, yeah. And the sacrifice. Uh, we don't save ourselves. No. A lot of people trying to say, you know, we always want to try to save ourselves, but uh, whether it's put put in the cube on our head or, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we all do a certain, we all do something similar to that, not literally like that, but in a different way. We're all trying to. Well, I see people have ways of coping and how they're connecting with the spiritual world, um, whether they know it intentionally or not. But they do hold a lot of objects or make a lot of objects that they kind of bow down to or submit to. So that's idols. Yeah, yeah idols. Yeah, we'll see that in the uh, the golden calf uh, incident. Oh yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, idolatry coming up very soon. So uh, all right. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Yep. Bye.